first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. When Amy Crockett was in high school, she shadowed a doctor for a day. The doctor showed her this ultrasound, and she loved it. The technology's improved a lot uh, since then, but I knew right away that that was, that was the coolest mm-hmm. for me. That was the moment Amy decided to work with pregnant moms. And throughout her medical training, she kept coming across these cool technologies that really excited her. In utero surgery for spinal cord defects, lasers to treat twin-twin transfusion, and then these really incredible ultrasound machines with just the cutting-edge technology. Eventually, Amy took a job in Greenville, South Carolina, running a clinic that sees a lot of low-income pregnant women. Our place in the community is as the safety net provider. You know, if you're pregnant and you need help, you come to us and we will help you. Which is great, but Amy's clinic had this problem. A lot of babies there were being born too early. They were premature. Babies born early can have all sorts of issues. Their lungs are often too small, which means they have trouble breathing, and they get infections more easily. Early birth is actually the leading cause of infant death in the United States. There was this study that came out earlier this year that I just have not been able to stop thinking about. It looked at a bunch of rich countries like the U.S., Canada, and Sweden, and it found something startling, that a baby born here in the United States is 76% more likely to die by her first birthday than a baby born in another rich country. 76%. And when it comes to Dr. Amy Crockett's home state... The appalling new data out of South Carolina... One of the highest infant mortality rates... But wait, there's more, and it's all bad. In fact, a child has a better chance being born in Sri Lanka, Lebanon, Botswana, or Cuba than being born black in South Carolina. Amy saw this problem in her clinic, and as we know, she loves cool new medical technology. So she started experimenting with an unusual tool, a tool that could turn these terrible numbers around, a tool she found totally by accident. The results of Amy's experiment were so interesting that South Carolina got involved and spread her experiment across the entire state. 
is The Impact, a show on the Vox Media Podcast Network about how policy affects people. I'm your host, Sarah Cliff, and this season we are looking at the most interesting policy experiments happening all across the country. We are traveling to see the cities and the states that decided to do something different and tell you what happened next. Today, we are in South Carolina. We are here to see the medical tool that this southern state thinks could save babies' lives. I went to Amy's clinic on a Wednesday afternoon to see the tool in action. It sounds a little bit like this. And a lot like this. And it looks like a very, very pink room with a circle of white chairs. When I get there, there are already two women, and they're chatting. They are super pregnant, eight months in, with these huge round bellies. They're at the clinic for their 34-week checkup. These women are actually scheduled to see the exact same nurse at the exact same time with a dozen other pregnant women. A few have even brought along kids and husbands. But this is not a scheduling error. This is Amy's big experiment, a program called Centering Pregnancy. Before the visit starts, the women are catching up. And then... She's here. She is Tiana, another patient. She strikes this really dramatic pose when she walks in through the door. Do you mind if I followed the stool? I don't mind, around? baby. I don't mind at all. Tiana makes a beeline for the nurse who hands her a blood pressure cuff. I'm checking my heart rate and pulse. The nurse takes her weight, does a quick checkup, measures the baby's heartbeat. Then Tiana grabs a few snacks and comes over to the circle of chairs. We ask her some questions. It turns out pregnancy is not a new thing for her. Tiana already has two daughters. So why come to this class? I wanted to try something new, something different, and see how it was. And then I fell in love with it, so I kept coming. At this point, Tiana unwraps some of her peanut butter crackers. You'll hear those kind of noises a lot in this episode. Pregnant women really need to snack. I thought it was going to be boring and... A waste of time. What happened Ooh. that was like, this is actually worthwhile. <laughs> when we come here, we have fun, we trip, joke around, talk, talk about everything. Everything. <laughs> to start the conversation, a nurse named Shannon has scattered these cards with adjectives all across the floor. So I'm going to ask you a question or say a statement, and then I want you to pick up one of the feelings on the floor. Okay. So, when I think about caring for my new baby, I feel... The women start bending over and picking up cards. Some of them need a bit of help. Remember, they are eight months pregnant. So, Tiana, you go first. When you think about caring for your new baby, how do you feel? Tired. Tired. Anxious. My first one, I was anxious. I feel loving. But anxious is a good one. I didn't even see that word. Okay. That's Jennifer, and I really appreciated what she said because there's often this expectation that you're just supposed to be happy and delighted about your new baby. But Jennifer is a first-time mom, and she knows that dad isn't going to be involved. I'm the girl in the class that doesn't have a baby daddy. God gave me my baby. 
In Amy's clinic, Jennifer gets to talk to other moms and see that it is okay to be exhausted by her baby or even a bit scared. She doesn't have to feel perfect and loving all the time. All right, next one. When I think about being in labor, I feel... Not loving. (laughs) There's lots of built-in time for moms to ask questions and clarify issues. There were some pretty useful tips about where to buy cheap baby bathtubs or where to put a pillow to help with pain. But there were also so many tangents. She a Gemini, so I... Like this one really long conversation about astrology. Born on the 19th. Not prenatal care or blood pressure or nutrition. Astrology. I only believe they exist because mine have always been true about me. I came away from this group with two pretty strong emotions. One was honestly jealousy. I was 28 weeks pregnant during this reporting trip, and I really wished I had a group like this where I could talk about all these issues. It would have made pregnancy so much less stressful. So I was personally jealous, but I was also professionally skeptical. Talking to other pregnant women sounded nice, but remember, this group was supposed to be a healthcare intervention. How were conversations about astrology going to stop babies from arriving early? It turns out I am not the only person who has had these doubts. I just thought, like, that's some craziness. That is Amy Crockett the doctor you heard from earlier. She is the reason that Centering Pregnancy exists in South Carolina. But when she first heard about these group visits back in graduate school... The idea that having women sit together in a circle for their medical visits would somehow improve their birth outcomes, like, I just didn't understand how that could possibly be a thing. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, how Amy Crockett went from a complete centering skeptic to one of its biggest champions, and the research that convinced her that women sitting around talking was a tool that could save lives. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. 
You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Impact. In the first half of our show, we learned about Centering Pregnancy, a tool that South Carolina hopes will bring down its infant mortality rate. Amy Crockett is Centering's biggest evangelist, but she did not start out that way. Amy's training was pretty focused on more cutting-edge technology. But one day, back when Amy was in graduate school, a midwife spoke to her class. The midwife talked about these women sitting in circles, having conversations, and she said they were seeing fewer early births. I was really skeptical. I kind of tucked it away after I heard about it. Fast forward a couple of years. Amy moves to South Carolina. She sees that her clinic has lots of premature births. The fancy machines that she loves can't fix this problem. So she focuses on a problem she can fix. It's a really high-volume practice, so when you walk through the waiting room at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it's just, you know, like misery as far as you can see. Nobody likes waiting, you know, when the office is running behind. Amy thinks, you know, those conversational visits that I learned about back in grad school, they would really clean out my waiting room. Women wouldn't have to wait as long if they just did their visits together. So she gets a grant to start doing that. But grants involve research. So Amy works with one of her medical students. They design a study, talk through the research process. Here's how you fill out your spreadsheet. I mean, it was a lot of just really the basic building blocks. The medical student fills out the spreadsheets and does her science very carefully. Then she comes back to Amy a few months later with her report. And she starts flipping through the pages. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, look at these rates. At the time, more than 12% of South Carolina babies were being born too early. But Amy's results, they showed that only 8% of her study patients had the same problem. You know, looking at 8%, I was like, that is a big deal. It's a big deal for two reasons. First, it showed a noticeable difference from the state average. It really looked like Amy's patients were faring better than other pregnant women. Second, South Carolina had a really big racial disparity in preterm births, and that also disappeared in the centering patients. Black women in Amy's program had preterm birth rates identical to white women. Amy made it clear to her young researcher, this might be a small sample size, but this was really promising. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And that was where I was like, I know, it's really cool. Like, we gotta, we're gonna have to redo this. Amy did redo the work with even more women. And she got the same result, a big drop in early births. And for me, the the cool thing about it is that, you know, it's potentially like a primary prevention for preterm birth. This is really exciting because doctors right now, they don't feel like they have a reliable tool to keep babies from coming early. But I was still confused. Like, okay, What is it about these conversations about postpartum depression and horoscopes that actually reduces early births? What's going on with centering? So I don't, yeah, so I don't think we know what exactly is causing it. There are a couple different theories that I have based on the changes that we see for women. To be exact, Amy has three theories. Theory one, pregnant women have important questions. And in normal visits, they don't get to ask them. They spend all this time waiting and worrying about the baby, if it's okay. 
And so by the time I get in there and I'm like, hey, everything looks great. They're just like, thank God, get me out of here. And they forget to ask the stuff they need. And they're so fast. Yeah. Well, you're not sick, so there's nothing to talk about. And so when the goal of the visit is to make sure you're not sick, that takes a very short period of time. But when you change it to the goal of the visit being to prepare pregnant women to become mothers, it's a totally different game plan, right? My uh, best friend was showing me a video. I don't know if y'all have seen it. I saw this in Amy's centering program. Tiana starts talking about a video that she saw on Facebook. On Facebook with his mom was sitting on the floor with her yeah. oldest child yeah, had the newborn baby on the floor and she was telling she was the child to kick the baby. Everyone has an opinion. And if he was, if he was in his right mind, he should get more time than the person who's crazy. But one of the pregnant women, Megan, also has a question. Can somebody come get help for you? Yes. That's Shannon, the nurse. If you're having any of these feelings, call me. Call here and tell them you need to talk to me. You need to In a five-minute doctor's visit, you are probably not going to bring up a video that you saw on Facebook. But actually taking the time to talk through the video, that gave Shannon a chance to make it really, really clear to her patients that she wants to hear from them if they're feeling badly. She was able to share important advice that could help her patients become better moms. So we'll be more than happy to talk to you. So this is theory one on what makes these visits effective. Pregnant women get answers to questions. Any other questions? Then there is theory two. Patients who attend centering visits develop a connection to the clinic. Instead of saying, oh, maybe this is nothing, I don't want to bother somebody with this, that you feel more like, you know, Lynn told me to call if something happened. Um, she'd want to hear from me. I'll, I'll, I better go in and, and see about this. The idea here is that patients are more likely to call the clinic if they're having a problem. And that could also lead to healthier deliveries. Then there is theory three, which is Amy's leading theory, the thing she thinks is really driving the decline in preterm births. The way she sees it, these visits create a social support network that reduces stress. I think reducing psychosocial stress may help mute some of the pathways that lead to preterm birth. Amy's research shows that high-stress pregnant women who go through this program become lower-stress pregnant women. A less stressed-out body might be a place where a tiny, growing human wants to hang out a little bit longer. You can see this pretty clearly with Tiana, who we ended up calling after the visit. Hi, it's Cortez. I'm on the phone. We learned that she has a lot of instability and stress in her life. Hey, can y'all be quiet a little bit? She moves around a lot. When we called her a week before her due date, she was staying with somebody that she knew. It's a relative. Well, we consider each other relatives. Tiana was expecting her baby to show up at any moment. That was already a lot to handle. But she also wasn't sure if the father was going to be involved. I mean, he say he will, but he say he will. But I mean, you never know what somebody will do. The centering group made the experience of having a new baby less daunting and less stressful. It's just being able to talk to people that that actually would listen and not cut you off or not make assumptions or not judge you. People that were going through some of the same things that I was. So, yeah, Tiana is probably learning things about taking care of babies, but she already knows a lot of that. This is her third kid. What she's really getting out of this class is a chance to laugh and to cry and complain 
with a bunch of other pregnant women. I feel like the people makes the center, and it's not the center don't make the people. Hanging out with other pregnant women probably won't eliminate all stress for Tiana or for anybody. But it might dial down stress enough. Enough to help moms deliver healthier babies. If that's true, it means these two-hour meetings are a pretty powerful drug. Because of Amy's work, South Carolina is now the only place in the country where thousands of low-income women receive care like this. Medicaid now pays lots of clinics to do their visits this way. It all sounds great, but there's a catch. Take Jennifer, for example. Do you have insurance? I'm Medicaid. Will you have it after the pregnancy? Um, I will have it for a little bit, but I'm not sure how that works. Here's how it works. Under the Affordable Care Act, all states had the option to give Medicaid to more low-income people. South Carolina chose not to do that, which means about 92,000 people who might qualify for health insurance don't. They're making just a bit too much money. Jennifer is paid to look after her grandmother, so she's at risk of falling into that category. She's on Medicaid now because the state gives low-income women coverage when they're pregnant. But a lot of women lose coverage a few months after giving birth. Are you scared about losing it? Or you... Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. What do you think you'll do for health care? Um, I don't know. So great as centering is, it is not the simplest thing that South Carolina could be doing to help babies. There is a new report that shows a correlation between Medicaid expansion and a decline in the infant mortality rate. States that expanded Medicaid reported a larger decline in infant mortality rate than states that did not. Why did infant deaths fall faster in states that expanded Medicaid? Researchers think it has to do with women staying healthy before and after getting pregnant. Medicaid expansion seems like a kind of obvious fix. So... Why hasn't South Carolina done it? I asked Brian Amick, a top state Medicaid official. And why not expand um, Medicaid? I think South Carolina has largely been consistent with, with sort of the rest of the Southeast, um, or with much of the Southeast uh, in terms of, of sort of political position, et cetera. Um, and you know, that, those, those decisions happen above my pay grade, and, and it's, it's, it's my job to, uh, to sort of implement um, uh, sort of the, the Medicaid program that we have today, and so, so really that's where we focus. I did not get much of an answer from Brian Amick. It's been a couple of months since I was in South Carolina, and when I think about centering, I usually smile. I think about that room full of very pregnant women talking and laughing and snacking together. I think about the nurse guiding them through the final exercise. Ready? All the women stood up and faced a sign on the wall. I'm a strong woman. I am a good mother. My baby and I make a great team. I am a strong woman. I am a good mother. My baby and I make a great team. I am a strong woman. Megan had a baby boy, Augustus. Tiana had a boy named Marcin Rahim. Jennifer had a girl, 
Charlotte, nicknamed Charlie, and still has her Medicaid coverage. None of these babies came early. This program, this fellowship, maybe it helped with that. Maybe it helped them feel better prepared, or maybe it just helped them relax at a really stressful time. Amy's work suggests that centering is a tool that could be just as effective as fancy drugs or beeping machines. Social support might be just what the doctor ordered. But there are other tools in South Carolina's toolbox, tools like expanding Medicaid. If the state is serious about keeping babies alive, it should also be looking at those tools. This episode was produced by and co-reported with Bird Pinkerton. Our editor is Amy Drozdowska. Our senior producer is Jillian Weinberger. And our engineer is Jared Paul. We had theme music in this episode from Jukebox the Ghost. They are fantastic. And we had other music from APM, Poddington Bear, Blue Dot Sessions, and Noam Hassenfeld. A big thank you to Ann Robards in South Carolina, who did the follow-up visit to the centering session. And thanks to Allison Rocky, Candace Long, Heather Ganey, Artiana Phillips, Shannon Cope, Ashish Thakrar, Tony Keck, and Christian Sora, who all really helped us out with this episode. Next time on The Impact, a local experiment to protect immigrants from deportation. For so many of these people, they are potentially facing going back to unbelievably dangerous, horrific conditions. In a city aggressively resisting the Trump administration. I can't think of another situation where there are such high stakes. Listen next week. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.